tonight we are talking about the hard stuff of this whole series, okay? Um, we've been in the series called Real Love. And if you were unaware, if you haven't been here for this, um, this is all about um, relationships, specifically dating relationships. Uh, first, we talked about God's design for all relationships, whether they're dating or not dating. Um, and they all fall under authority to God's ultimate design. Second thing we talked about was singleness, which, if you remember, singleness is for undivided devotion to the Lord, which is super important. Um, and I think we need to, in this conversation tonight, because this is not as much a sermon. If this were a sermon, I'd be up there. Uh, but this is more of a conversation, um, one where you don't talk, but still a conversation where it's just going to be lax, free-flowing. Um, and in the end, actually, I will, if you guys have questions, you can answer. I will try to answer them. Um, but... Um, yeah, singleness is all about undivided devotion to the Lord. Who we date is really important um, because it sets us up to pursue God better. Um, it's someone we can run the race of life with because um, we're not trying to date just to sit in a process. We're trying to date to move um, and come closer to God and possibly find a future spouse. So it shouldn't be a long process you sit in. It should be a process you move through. Um, how we date is with intention, with clarity. Um, we also date trying to um, pr preserve purity, which brings us into to tonight, talking about sexuality. And when I say sexuality, just up front, just for clarification, we're not talking about um, any LGBTQ stuff. We're not talking about how um, sexual intercourse is done. Uh, that would be very inappropriate for me to talk about with you guys. If you do have questions, I would suggest talking to your parents about that. Please don't go searching the world for that because that is not beneficial or good or healthy. Um, we are also, yeah, those are, I kind of, I think the two, like we're not talking about, but sex needs to be talked about in this context. Um, oftentimes I think the church shies away from it. And so therefore we get a lot of shame harped on the subject. We get a lot of people walking away from the church because they never actually learned. And so I don't blame them, but they're kind of forced to go to the world and what culture has to say about sex. Because if the church doesn't teach it, then they got to learn from somewhere in theory, right? Um, which is hard to, hard to think about. But also I think sex should be talked about so we understand how God has designed it and why it's important to understand the design. Um, and I will also put this out there. Sex is not the end-all, be-all. What I mean by that is that just because you, what, whatever context it's in, just because you had sex does not mean I finally achieved the best and best thing in life. Even in marriage, it's not the thing that's going to fulfill you the most. Um, only God can ever do that. Um, if we were to say that you could only be fulfilled through sex, we'd be saying that Jesus was never fulfilled in his life, which is just not true. Um, and also, I think a lot of times when we think that way, it tends to be idolized, um, whatever context it's in. Um, and so also, as we talk about this, um, think about how you submit yourself to Christ. This doesn't have to just do with sex, but think about how do I submit myself to Christ in all things? Am I willing to say, yes, God, I'm going to do this 100% of the way? 
even if it means having to go through really hard, like saying no to something that really is important to me? Or am I going to say, no, God, even though I know you want this, I don't want that. For me, outside of like sex, um, I think for me, I really struggled with that idea um, of how I treat people. And you might be thinking, well, like sex and like how you treat people aren't really on the same level, but you interact with people every day. There's a good chance in all of our lives we're not like interacting possibly sexual every single day. Even as someone who's married, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to go too much in detail about that, but like I don't interact sexually every single day, but rather I do interact with people every single day. And I really struggle with how I treat people. Um, Even to this day, I think I do a lot better than I used to, um, especially before Christ. But that's something I really struggle with. And for God, he was like, even if you disagree with someone, you can't talk bad about them behind their back. And I was like, no, God, I don't want to do that. Um, And sorry, that's a bit of a rabbit trail, but it's kind of on the same lines of, am I willing to say yes to whatever God has designed? Or am I going to say no because I think my way is better? And so whatever he has to say in his word, we really have to value. Am I going to say yes to that? Or am I going to say no? It's one thing, this is my last caveat before I really dive in. It's one thing for if the Bible never talks about it, then we could make an argument for or against it. Even if church for all time and eternity has said, we don't do this. Does that make sense? But if the Bible and the church have always said this one thing, regardless of what it may be, we ought to say, okay, I probably ought to listen to it then. Um, so, he designed it. God has designed sex. And it's not um, something that's supposed to be um, restricted in the sense that God doesn't want us to have fun. I think a lot of times many non-Christians are like, well, you can't have sex before you're married because that's the argument. Um, you can't have sex before you're married? Th- th- does God even like you? Does God even want you to have fun? I've heard that time and time and time again. And that's not, what, that's not how God designed it at all. God designed sex to be a very, very good thing, very, very pleasurable thing, very, very um, uniting thing. In all ways that he created it, he created it to be very, very good, very, very fun, very, very awesome. But because it is probably one of, I don't mean to sound like super weird about this, but because it's created to be one of the best things ever, it can be like the best tool ever. It can also be the best and worst like weapon ever. Does that make sense? People use it all the time as a weapon. Whether they think it's a weapon or not is a different story. But truly in God's eyes, it's used as a weapon to hurt people. Um, Culture has a lot to say about that. Culture has a lot to uh, craft how we think about sex. For example, premarital sex in America is a huge, huge thing. Um, And we'll talk about that a little more, but like God has designed sex to be within a marriage covenant between a man and a woman. Um, And that's what we believe. Um, I don't mean that to sound harping or like, you know, if you don't listen to that, then that's not how I mean that at all. But as a definition of what marriage is, what we believe marriage is, God has designed it to be a covenant between a man and a woman. And so anything outside of that is called premarital sex. Um, 
And in America, 86% per of men, 18 to 23, interact with, or interact with porn, which is a form of premarital sex. Um, culture doesn't say that that's sex, but it is in a lot of ways because it falls under this um, idea of sexual immorality, which we'll talk about a little bit um, later. Um, also, culture also says that sex is no big deal, even though it really is. People say it's really casual, um, and everyone should be doing it because um, when we interact with different partners, we essentially, when we get married one day, then we'll finally know what we're doing. Um, that's what culture says. Um, culture also says it's just physical, and then it has no other implications outside of um, the physical, and that... Uh, and that sex is just there to make you happy. Which, in a way, some of that is true. Some of that is true. But as we all kind of know through like Bible stories, the devil tends to take something that is true and doesn't like totally like whittle it down and say like, say a, lot, a huge lie, but he kind of splits it. Half truth, half lie. Does that make sense? Um... Something, another interesting point that I want you guys to maybe take note of is that the top 1,600 marital and divorce lawyers say that 56% of divorce cases had one partner obsessed with pornography, which is sexual immorality, which is huge. Prior to 2010, there were no cases that were affected by pornography, at least in this. There were probably some, but... Do we see the drastic change that sexual immorality, even within marriage, can bring? Yes? No? It's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's not necessarily fun to talk about. But I think we need to understand the weight of what we're talking about. Um, but this is where we kind of dive, dive into Scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. Um, I'll read some of it. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Um, oh, I kind of skipped a page. Thank you. Uh, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So this kind of feeds into what I was talking about with culture. Is that typically we see like, oh... All things are lawful for me, um, but not all things are helpful. I can do whatever I want. It may not be helpful, but I can do whatever I want because I just want to be happy. Um, a lot of times we hear this in culture of you do you. Um, but right here it says the body's not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Um, that's something we really need to focus on. Sexual immorality, if you're taking notes, um, that's the Greek word porneia, uh, which is P-O-R-N-E-I-A, porneia. And you might be wondering, what does that even mean? Well, in the Greek, porneia means ba it's basically a junk drawer term for anything outside of a marriage covenant between a man and a woman. Anytime that Paul... Jesus, any New Testament writers use the word porneia. They're basically just saying anything outside of the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. 
mainly because if they had to spell it all out, it would take a long while because there's a long list of things. So it's easier to sum up in one word. Um, and so anytime they use sexual immorality, you see that in your Bibles, they're just saying anything outside of a marriage covenant sexually between a man and a woman. Because um, God designed sex for a specific reason. In Genesis 2, we see that uh, God designed um, that marriage relationship between a man and a woman, and they're supposed to procreate. So that's a part of um, sex that's supposed to be in that relationship is procreation. Um, anything outside of that marriage covenant does not, it can lead to procreation, but not in the right context. It's supposed to be between a man and a woman, also to show God's um, covenant with his people about how Jesus Christ came back for his wife and sacrificed his life um, for everybody. So, as we talk about sex, um, something we need to talk about, and that's kind of all I want to do with that, those verses, but three healthy things about sex. Um, first one is that it unifies a husband and wife. Sex is made to unify the husband and wife. And sex, um, when, sorry, I'm going to say that word a lot, so if you haven't gotten tired of it, I'm probably going to keep saying it. Um, but it's an act of unification because sex actually fires off this... Um, chemical in your brain called dopamine um, and this makes us happy and want to have that feeling over and over and over again and sex is not the only thing that does this like if i eat good food it fires off a little bit of dopamine if i hit a home run in baseball it fires off some dopamine video games fires off dopamine a lot of things that make us happy or if we feel accomplished or if we feel successful fires off dopamine sex just happens to do it at a super high level and so when we have that one time we want nothing less than that. And so our brain and our body wants that over and over and over again. Um, it also does, it fires off this chemical called oxytocin, which creates a bonding chemical. And this bonding chemical makes us, it helps us see all the seven, or not seven, five senses around us. The things we taste in that moment, the things we smell, the things that we touch, and the things that we hear, and the things that we feel, or no, what are the five? See, touch, smell, hear, and taste. Okay, I guess I got all those. Yeah, I just said one too many on accident. Um, but it fires off all of those, and all the things around us we're bonded to. So you may just think, oh, well, like, if sex releases oxytocin, it probably just releases, like, the feeling and, like, the sight. No, it does much more than that, too. Everything we smell Everything we hear in that moment, if we taste something, whether we have bad breath or we have gum in our mouth, whatever, we remember that. And it bonds us to that moment. And so to have sex with somebody, whether it's in a marriage covenant or not, we're bonded to that person. And we also want it more and more and more. And that's why a lot of times we see people, whether if they can have that person again, they try to go for that again. If they can't have that person, they try to find it with someone else. But then what happens there? is that we see they're bonded to that new person again. And unfortunately, sex, I mean, not unfortunately, but um, sex was also made to help a marriage last. Marriage has a lot of responsibilities that oftentimes we do not see. Um, there's a financial burden that comes with marriage, and we'll talk a lot about this more next week, but there's financial burdens 
there's um, burdens of trying to like live up to one another's family's expectations. If you have a baby, um, you have to then provide for your family. Um, you have to figure out where you're going to go to church together. You have to make sure that you're living for Christ. If you're a Christian, um, regardless, marriage has a lot of responsibilities to it. And sex in this context, in this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful context, helps alleviate some stress. It helps bond the two when a lot of times there could be a lot of division that happens. Because say one person wants to do their finances one way and the other wants to do it another way, it creates division. It creates conflict. But sex, when they come together, it bonds them and it makes them never want to leave each other. So it's a really helpful tool, but also can hurt people, which is kind of the second point. Um, well, I guess these are not necessarily all healthy things, but three points that I really want you to get. Um, the first one is that sexual or sex is an act of unification. The third one or second one is sexual sin hurts others, but it also hurts ourselves. It hurts others, but it also hurts ourselves. Um, for some, or for some people, unfortunately, it causes diseases that aren't necessarily fun to talk about. Um, there's an emotional toll. Like I said, it causes a bonding chemical to happen. So if this person leaves me, then I'm now without the person that I've bonded with. Um, there's a numbness that can be felt because especially, so for pornography, for example, we won't get too much into like what that is, but like when we look at this over and over and over again, we try to get more satisfaction after satisfaction after satisfaction. Unfortunately, our brain is glued to that and it wants only that. And if we can't have it in a moment's uh, touch and a moment's grasp, we unfortunately get removed from the real world and are sucked into a fantasy one. Um, if it's with a physical person, unfortunately our brain gets um, grasped onto this idea that we have to be with that person. And that's not just like something culture says, that's just a natural consequence of what God had created. Because God, like I said, created a bonding chemical for a man and a wife in marriage. But when we take it out of the wrong context, it creates a lot of hurt and it creates a lot of damage in, to our emotional self. And the third and the last one, and hopefully this is a bit of more of an upswing from here, is that we are supposed to be temples of the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, Christ has bought you at a price. And it's an amazing price. Unfortunately, we cannot come to Christ without his sacrifice. In all other religions, you can work your way to him. But Jesus is the only way to salvation. He's the only way to true life. Outside of him, unfortunately, um, is hell, is darkness, um, it's a life separated from God, which I don't want any of you to have to live. Um, I'm sure none of you who are tr like following Christ want to live that way either. But in order to make sure you're reconciled to him and redeemed by him, we have to accept that he bought us at a price. And that price was on the cross. 
And here's where, the, and this all sounds like the Sunday school, but here's the thing. If you say, Jesus, I need you, and I want you, and I want to be with you, and you died for me, and you saved me, and I want to follow you, and you accept his free gift of salvation, that is great. You have eternal hope. You have eternal salvation in him. But that also means following him. Well, following him means you have to listen to everything he says. And it's not of like, I hope I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it's this obligation, but it's a freedom to follow him. And following him means that whatever he's kind of set in stone is kind of the way it goes. And outside of his design um, of marriage, sex is not supposed to exist outside of it. So here's a few things of hope that I want you to take away from this. Because um, I kind of talked a lot about like what sex is, what are some of the damages it causes. And I want you to know if you've never even considered it, I would, con- I would just encourage you to keep on pursuing Jesus and keep on pursuing a holy sexuality. And what I mean by that is a holy sexuality is not like, okay, I can only have sex after I'm married, therefore I gotta check off all the right boxes and then I've done it right. A holy sexuality says, I'm gonna pursue Jesus. And if, a, and if I'm a guy and a great girl comes along and we end up thinking, okay, we wanna get married, I'm gonna pursue purity, I'm gonna pursue um, whole, I'm going to pursue making sure we don't um, go too far or step over our boundaries. And I will leave sex within the marriage covenant, the marriage promise. But I'm pursuing God first and foremost. That's holy sexuality. It's pursuing a relationship with God, the giver of identity, the giver of sexuality. And so if I'm following him, then that's all I care about is just following him. And if a guy or a girl comes along, great. I'm going to follow him and they can come alongside me. If not, whatever, I'm going to continue following him. If you're someone who's in a relationship right now that maybe it's kind of pushing boundaries, I would encourage you to set strong boundaries. And this is not just physical, but this is emotional and spiritual as well. To say, we're not going to tell each other too much because then I might get too emotionally connected to you and then I might end up wanting to ha- do a lot of things with you that I should not do at all. I'm not going to cross too many spiritual boundaries. For Livy and I, we, didn't, we prayed for each other, but we didn't necessarily pray with each other because that was going to be a lot of spiritual connection. Like I said last week, some people might disagree with me on that, and that's okay. Um, but... Where do you draw the spiritual boundary? And then physically, like we talked about, anything until I say I do is that would be sexual is kind of off limits. Or actually, it's not kind of, it is off limits. Because we're trying to pursue holiness. And holiness is pursuing Christ first and foremost. And the last group, if you've, unfor- if you've struggled with this, but want to come back to Jesus, you can totally come back to Jesus You can totally be in relationship with Jesus. There is no one who has ever messed up that is too far gone at all. And I need you all to know that. If someone hurt you, or 
you hurt somebody or you've committed something that you don't want to do that you didn't want to do or you look back and you're like man i shouldn't have done that no one is too far gone jesus always 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 redeems i will never i won't go too far into my story that's not appropriate but that was me i was the one who went too far and i hurt people because of my actions but jesus redeems and he totally flips around people's life for him. If they wanna, if they wanna truly follow him, he will flip their life around and help them pursue holiness first and foremost. And help them be a Christ follower and redeem them and call them a new creation as if nothing ever happened. Because he's washed them white as snow, he's made them clean. So that's my little spiel on a three letter word that's kind of hard to talk about. Um, do you guys have any questions? We're going to break up in a small group time, and you can ask them there. Um, yes. No, they turned off the... They turned it off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. No, you guys, they can't hear you out there. Um, do you guys have any questions? Okay, I'm going to let you guys go to your small groups now. If you want to come and talk to me about anything, you're more than welcome to. I'm open ears. Um, also, if you disagreed with anything that I had to say, that's okay. Talk to me about it. You don't have to agree with me. I mean, I want you to, but like, because <laughs> I think it's biblical and scriptural, but I want you guys to feel the freedom to be like, you know what, James, I don't know if I agree with that. And we can have a conversation. I will not shut you down. I want you to know that. I will be open ears and just listen to you. I might give you an input if you accept it. But okay, go to your small groups.